and good morning. Hey, it's Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm excited about our guest today. What's up with this collar going going on here? I'm excited about the guest I have on today. Good friend of mine, a buddy of mine, known as the Master Closer, Mr. Dale Childress Jr. I want to go ahead and bring Dale on camera here. Dale, welcome to the show, brother. Hey guys, good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me, Ken. I really appreciate that. Dude, I'm so excited to have you on here, man. So so listen, um, this show is called Breakthrough Walls, and it's it's all what am I hearing? What is that sound, man? Do you hear that buzzing sound? Uh uh. That's crazy. It's a it's a uh it's a, a what is that, the weather warning thing? I, I hear b going off somewhere. Anyway, I don't know. But um, anyway, the show is about helping people have a breakthrough in life and and overcoming all the, the craziness that can occur. And, you know, one, one thing I've found is, is people have a tendency of, of getting stuck in life. They don't know how to get through the things that... that you know the things that that we all experience, and you are man. You are the the you've come through some craziness in life, dude. So, um, you know, I want to kind of start with having everybody get to know you, who you are, and um, you know that that generally starts with where were you born and raised, man. Well, so again, thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, I'm grateful to be on here. Um, and share my story. So I, I was born and raised in a little town called Ashland City, Tennessee, which is just uh, about 20 minutes north of Nashville. And I've lived there my whole life until I ended up selling one of my businesses one day and moving to Florida. I wanted to start my new life down in South Florida, which that's where I am currently now. That's where I live now. So you were, man, I'm getting, maybe you should plug that mic in and see if that thing, because I'm getting some serious buzz. Are you getting some weird sounds in the yeah, background? Yeah, do you not, you don't hear that? Uh-uh, no, I don't hear anything. Hang uh, on. It just started right when we started. Now do you hear me okay? Nah, it's, it's, it's still got that buzz. That's weird. Um, can, I don't know if anybody else can hear that or if it's just me, but I hear a I weird. Don't, I don't hear anything. Can you hear me okay like this? Yeah. I hear you there. I think it's. I think it stopped. Better? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, let's roll, baby. <laughs> okay, so uh, the buzzing sound was throwing me off. So you were are we born... good now? Do we have good quality sound? Yep, we do. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was born and raised in in a little town north of Nashville, and um, you know, just a small town mentality. And it's funny because I still revisit some of my friends. Um, through social media and I just check up on them and they're still there doing their own thing. And it's like, you know, that just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that wasn't for me. I wanted to get out and make something real big happen because I, I feel like I have a lot of people to help in the, in this life. Well, so, so you were born and raised in Tennessee, but you didn't, when did you move to South Florida? How old were you? Um, just, just over the past seven years, I've been oh. living here for about seven years now. And you came from Tennessee? Yep. Okay. I sold, I sold my business there and then um, moved down to Nashville or down from Nashville to, I live in Naples, Florida now, okay. which is on, it's on the Gulf side of Florida. So, and so. To start my new life, man. So, well, so, so let's, um, let's, I, I realize you're only like 25. 
Um, so, but that's a that's a huge huge gap of time, right? So, so you went to you went to elementary school and high school and and all that. Did you did you go to college? I, I did a little bit of college to be a paramedic, and um, I, I pretty much used that as a way to keep my sanity during the time I was going through a, a rough time in my life. And decided, you know what? I've always been the kind of got to push myself to be better and. Being a paramedic, working in an emergency scenario is kind of like something I always thought was like the worst case scenario anybody could actually be in is to be a paramedic and see somebody at their worst time in an emergency scenario. Yeah. And that was the last thing on earth, the last scenario on earth I ever wanted to be in. So I chose that. Wow. I chose that to push myself to overcome that, that the way I thought about that, that perception. And uh, overcame that. And to me, that was the worst possible scenario to be in, is in an emergency scene that way. And I placed myself in that on purpose. Wow. So, and, so well, when you were so when you were growing up, I mean, what what? Um, I mean, you know, you said it was like a typical um, small town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got a Walmart. I remember the first time when we got a Walmart there and yeah. everybody was so excited. And then we got a McDonald's. <laughs> I think a McDonald's finally came there while I was uh, while I was still living there. And it was like that was the main event of the whole city. We finally <laughs> yeah. <got> a- <laughs> yeah. I worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager. So, so but but growing up, I mean, what what um I mean, what kind of what kind of challenges did you face growing growing up as a kid? Like, so we lived in a house that was actually it was allegedly condemned uh, prior to us moving in, and my stepdad was very resourceful. He didn't have a lot of money, but um, uh, he was resourceful. They did very well. Um, they always figured out a way. They weren't uh, financially financially successful at all, but they always figured out a way to make ends meet. And so we were definitely broke. We were, uh, by American standards today, we were definitely poor. But um, and I use that as motivation actually to never be that way when I created my own. When in my adult reality, I made the decision throughout my entire childhood to never be in that scenario. And I think that's one of the things that actually drove me to. Uh, to go out there and push hard and, and create something for myself because I didn't want to be in that environment that I was in when I was at a young, such a young age. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you were, um, so you, I mean, you grew up poor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like real you know, poor. Oh, nine yards. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> living, living in a condemned house poor. We, we, qualified. <laughs> we qualified for that level. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, so I mean, living in a condemned house is is poor. <laughs> no, again, they he he did what he had to do to fix it up, you yeah, know, yeah. make it livable. Um, but yeah, it's it was definitely not a pleasant experience to say the least. Right, right. So, so you, um, so you, man, so you've been you've been through you went through it as a kid. Did what? How old were you when you got your first job? Okay, so, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, the whole rich dad, poor dad scenario? Yeah. That's kind of the the childhood that I had. Like, my real dad, I never saw him, like, I, maybe just maybe a dozen times throughout my entire childhood. Yeah. Um, and he lived in Indiana at the time throughout most of my childhood. But he was always the one that would teach me about business, uh, entrepreneur mindset, um, just how to get out there and generate 
uh, quick revenue for yourself and think outside the box. Now, that was my real dad. And then my stepdad was the guy that I lived with. He was the guy that uh, he had a rough childhood. He was illiterate. He, he never did learn how to read. Um, and uh, just he was a, a logger. So he would go out and cut trees down for a living. Yeah. Real rough, real rough life. Wow. I always joke about how that was a hard way to make an easy living. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's the- so uh, I had both two different perspectives. I had one guy going out and making things happen. He forced things to happen. Yeah. Uh, and then I had another guy that uh, that believed that the harder you worked, the more money you made, and and you just had to work hard all the time. Yeah. And and I don't think that's the case. I think if you work hard in the right vehicle, you can really do something special. Yeah. But just saying work, hard work alone is going to do it. That's that's bad data. I I totally agree with you, man. So um. So here here you were. You grew up in a in a in a poor family, and I'm not making fun, man. I I I, <laughs> I grew up like. Hamburger hey, helper and you ain't and, lived unless you had government cheese. That's right. That's right. You, you remember those the big the big. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That actually was pretty good cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but you can only have so much of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. We, had oh, I know. we grew up on cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, man. So 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 you experienced you know living. Um, living very poor as a child and you know but what what do you feel like um was your greatest influence um that that kind of that kind of you know pushed you into what you became as an adult because you know i know you've owned businesses and what have you but what what kind of what influenced you okay so you know what, man? Uh, that's a great question, and oddly enough, I think that's you're the first person that's ever asked me that. Really? Um, yeah. Now, in your sixty years on this planet, I'm, yeah, all sixty years. <laughs> no, I'm actually forty one. For those of you that are still wondering, I, know I look really young for my age. <laughs> you're just a you're just a baby, man. You're just so, a baby. So, so check this out. Um, what really influenced me? Well, I can say with certainty, my football coach in high school, he influenced me with a positive mindset on how you can accomplish anything with your mind with the right attitude. He was all about attitude. He would take somebody that was a terrible football player, and he would bring them on board just because they had a great attitude because he could teach them how to play football. You know, so so he really influenced me in a huge way. He knew how broke we were. He actually allowed me to cut his to mow his lawn and his neighbor's lawn in order to pay for football camp. We couldn't even afford to go to football camp. Wow! So he influenced me in such a way that he's like, look, he he showed me a way if I was willing to work for it that I could still afford to go to football camp, and I didn't think there was any chance at all. So just things like that. But business wise, my whole life changed when I read Think and Grow Rich. Like. And wow. I said, here's, this worked for me, and I would encourage anybody to, to do it. Um, I committed, I wrote down, I wrote a letter to the universe. And in that letter was me telling this reality, God, the energy that made everything. The letter told, was me telling God what my life was going to be like. And 
I get chill bumps because I still I still have that letter and I still read it occasionally. And wow. it, it's such an interesting perspective for me to put my stake in the ground and say, look, here's what I'm going to accomplish in my life. Right. Here's why. Here's why I'm going to experience all of this. And um, I started getting up at a specific time every morning. Now, for me at this time, I want you to understand something. I set the time for like 4.30 a.m. We can never, it's an excuse. When somebody tells you you don't have time, we all have the exact same amount of time every single day. Yep. So it's it's a matter of priority. That's what right. What do we prioritize with our time? Yep. So if somebody says they don't have time for you, they really mean you're not a priority. Right? And we we're all we're all guilty of that. Yep. But we all have 24 hours in a day. That's just sure. the truth of the matter. So I set my clock for 4:30 a.m. and I would get up and I would read. And and at the time I didn't read a whole lot, but at the time uh, I committed to reading 10 pages every morning of Think and Grow Rich. Wow. And and I got so involved in it, man. I got to the point to where I would read my 10 pages, and it was like, oh, God, I don't want to stop right here. Like, I'm on page 10. Yeah. I really want to keep reading. And it made me actually look forward to the next morning. Yep. And I read that whole entire book, Think and Grow Rich, which my cop, my version is like that thick. Yeah. And um, I read it every morning, 10 pages at a time, and my entire life changed by the time I was finished with the book. Wow. And it changed in such a drastic way that people that knew me were asking me what I had been doing that was so different. That the new Dell was totally different from the old Dell, and the only thing I did differently was I set my clock for 4.30 a.m. and read Think and Grow Rich every morning. So what, but how, how old were you? When I did that, uh, ironically, I had already started one of my first companies. I was probably 25. So so let's back up. So you, you, you said you went to college. How long did you go to college? I just went to college long enough to get my paramedic license. Okay. So and, so you were what, 18, 19? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. a lot had happened between the time I graduated high school and in my mid-20s. But yeah. What, um, what, what happened? What happened? Well, I went through the whole divorce, had my first kid when I was 18, that whole thing. Oh, did you really? Yeah. But my kids, man, my kids and I have great relationships. Sure. I have a, I have a son named Luke. He's mini me, basically. That's He's almost twenty. It's hard to believe I got to almost have a twenty-year-old kid. So you, and, so uh, you went through. So eighteen years old, you got married, I assume, or no? Had yeah. a kid, got and, married. Wow. Out of high school. <clears throat> um, and and then you got your paramedics license. Did you yep. then? Did you become a paramedic? Did you Did you do yeah. the deal? Yeah, we. Um, I helped a lot of people. I saw a lot of people in their worst moments in their life. I learned a lot, man. I learned things that you can never experience in any other way. Right. And and w one of the most valuable things I learned though was that I can do anything that I set my mind to, regardless of how terrified I might be of it. But again, I want to reiterate the whole reason I decided to do that was only because I took that as a challenge in my life. Right. Of a scenario that worst case scenario I could possibly be in is be placed inside of an emergency, a medical emergency scenario. Right. Nobody wants to be in in up front front row seat in that type of an environment. Right. And for me, I think I was like terrified of it, so I made a decision. I'm going to go to school and actually do that. Right. Right. So and it kept me occupied through my divorce, which is just something. I think those of you, if you're going through a tough time, if you're going through divorce or whatever. 
you got to keep your mind, uh, you got to keep your mind working because you cannot just sit and dwell on stuff all the time. You'll go crazy. Well, and, and I, I, that's I, my outlet. And I agree with you a thousand percent. I think one of the, the, the things that people, you know, um, I had Sharon Lecter was on the show and she wrote Think and Grow Rich for Women with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. She wrote Outwitting the Devil and Yeah, I'm reading that right now actually. Outwitting the Devil, her yeah. her version of it. It's an amazing yeah. book. It's it's amazing. And um and and her version is the only version, man. It was uh it was buried in the in the archives and she pulled it out and, and wrote the wrote the whole transcript, you yeah. know, did it's, the whole it's thing. Awesome with, it's amazing. We're halfway through it right now. Yeah, uh, you know it's, how it's got it's the Q and A on there of the I, devil. What's that? It has the Q and A of the devil actually talking. Yeah. All right, so I get to play the devil, and Misty plays the uh, the human. Yeah. <laughs> we actually we actually role play back and forth while we're reading the book. We both have two copies. Oh, that's awesome! And I get dude. to play the devil and use the devil voice while we do it. So <laughs> I, I think that I think that you know one of the things that um, I've seen like Sharon Sharon talks. You know about losing a, a child. She lost her lost her son, and you know. So it's the the and and people learn and and this this show. I think people are really, um, you know, we've all been through crap in life, man. And 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 I think that you know, it's that it's it's that pain that we experience. It's going through that crap. And and you know sitting there and crying about it and then somehow figuring out how to get through it and yep. and pick ourselves up. So here you are at 18 years old, you're married, you have a child, and and you're a paramedic and you know and and are you at that moment in your life? It's got to feel like it's just falling apart. Oh yeah, I was a wreck. But and now that I look over it, man, everything it was my responsibility. Everything that happened, right? I had control of, and I didn't realize that I had control of it at the time. Right. Exactly. I had full control of that scenario, and I didn't even know it. So you're 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 just like you know everybody else at that age, or, or you know some people some people are that way forever. But you're probably pointing the finger at everybody else. All these right. external things. Oh yeah, things. it's everybody else's fault. Right, it's, right. It's bad luck. You know the whole thing. It's bad luck. I had a had a bad string of events happen. You know, it's always everybody else's fault or bad luck is what I blamed it on. Hey, when hey, I didn't acknowledge it was just me. It was all me. Misty Williams Childress is on here, and she says, you play the part well. She's talking about the devil. Devil. She's, she's got a little heart and a little devil in there. That's, we, uh, that's hey, your wife. We read that every morning. We read about 10 to 12 pages every morning of that now. That's what we do. That's the book we're on right now. Dude, that's awesome, man. So, yeah. so you So you went through all this stuff. Um I, I, well, I assume you stayed. Well, yeah, you did. You stayed in Tennessee um, for a good long while, um, but you didn't stay with the um, paramedic thing. Did you do what? Did you do after paramedics? After uh, being a paramedic? Well, so it's a funny story because I've always been um, a master mechanic, like, and it was by default. It wasn't really by choice. I we were so broke growing up that we could not afford to pay anybody to do our own maintenance on the family vehicle and that sort of thing. So I learned at a very young age how to actually do auto repair. 
It's because we couldn't pay anybody to do auto repair for us. Right, right. And the things that I learned, um, I turned that into a business. I was like, man, I can make a killing off of this. If I did a mobile, if I did an on-site auto repair service where I actually drive my big company van out to you and do all your maintenance on-site. Yeah. You see, now I'm eliminating the overhead of a shop. Yeah. And I'm providing a service where I come to you. That's so, awesome. And I killed it with that. And I did that for years. Wow. That, yeah. And ended up growing that into a big auto, auto repair business, auto service center. We owned a seven-bay auto repair shop close to downtown in Nashville. I sold all that and moved to Florida. Jeez, um, I didn't know. I didn't know that, man. Wow. Yeah, so I'm a I'm I'm an awesome mechanic. I'm an expert at it. I'm like a brain surgeon. I'm the kind of guy where you can call and say, "Hey, what does this sound like?" And you can hold your phone to the engine, and I'll tell you what's wrong with it. <laughs> not, not well. I'm glad I got your cell phone number. <laughs> I yep, did not so know that, man. I, I I will definitely be. I, I, I got an issue I'm going to talk to you about later right now, man. That's you awesome. You can hold the phone up to the car, and I can I can fix it over the phone. <laughs> You're, he's the auto whisperer. So 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 you you um, you had this this mechanic business. You did well, it sounds like. Um, and and at some point um, along the way, there you decided this ain't for me anymore. Well, uh, you're, you're right. And, and the thing is, so just to give you a little perception of what you can do, the power of, of how strong your desire is to accomplish something, there's no limit. I, the story behind that shop, man, I, I, w- I really want to spend a, just like maybe one or two minutes sharing that with you. Um, share it. I was, share away, I was dude. my automotive repair vehicle, the, guy, the, the, the van that I drove around doing maintenance for people, and I passed by this shop that was vacant this auto repair shop. And I thought, man, I would love to have that place. And there's no way I can afford that. But every day I drove past it and saw it. And the guy had the phone number on the front of the the windows where you could actually, it's like call for info. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I called the guy and I'm like, Hey man, I might've had uh, I don't know. I had my bail money and that was it really at the time at that particular time. <laughs> Did you say my bail money? Bill. Like, oh, Bill. Oh, like Bill. Bill. I had enough money for my... Check this out. This is a true story. I had enough money for my apartment that I was renting, for my Harley payment, my light bill, and my groceries. That's how much money I had in the bank. Yeah. And all that was about to be due. Yeah. And I, it was roughly four relate. grand. Right? Yeah. Now, he needed 4000 down. He needed a four thousand dollar deposit. He needed the first and the last month's rent. So the guy's asking for twelve grand just to get into the shop. Wow! All I had was my money, my grocery money, and my rent, and that was four grand to the penny. Like that's every single penny that I had. And I said, "Look, man, I've got four thousand. I can give you four thousand right now. The place needs to be fixed up. The shop needs to be cleaned up. How about I remodel the front office area because I needed a nice place anyway." Right. My customers come into. I said, hey, how about I remodel the office area for you um, for another 4000 and then I'll give you the second, the, the remaining 4000 within the first 90 days. He goes, you know what, man? I love that your desire to make this happen. He goes, let's just do that. 
And he took the 4000 which was every penny I had, and I bought groceries my first night in business with some of the sales that I had that day. Wow. That's how, that's how tight it was. And yeah. I made it work. Yeah. Now, you ask yourself, would I be willing, would I be so certain in myself and my ability to create something that I'm willing to put every penny on the line for that day? Yeah. I had to make money that day just to have groceries that night. Yep. That was really that tight. And oh, I made it work. I've been there, so we started man. that business with 4000 We did 400000 the first year. Wow. And uh, the rest is history. So that's how you can turn 4000 into 400000 So you, So you, you had this business. You, you did very, very well. And then, then, like I said earlier, at some point you said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, it's not that I didn't want to do it anymore. It's that I, where I wanted to go in my future did not involve having an auto repair business. Right. Um, so the I think, I don't know if it's a weakness or a strength, but I tend to, when I get a vision in my mind and I get really excited about it, I obsess over it until I just make it happen. Right. And um, I don't. I don't make excuses. I don't say, well, I'm too old for that, or, well, I don't live in this area. Look, I look for all the reasons that I can make that happen. Right. And and like I said, I'm not sure if that's a strength or a weakness because I do, I'm really, I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur that way, really. I'm notorious for doing that. Right, right. So, so you, um, so you got out of that. Is that mm-hmm. when you, is that when you, there's a little bit of a delay, I don't know what that is, but is that when you um, decided that you were moving to Florida, or was there well, something? So, Misty in, and I were very spontaneous people. Oh, hold it, no, w- wait a minute, now, where where did Misty come on the scene? So, um, if you fast forward about eight eight or ten years. Oh, okay. We're, uh, we're hopping in the car one day, and we literally packed like, a toothbrush and deodorant. Did you, did y'all meet? You met in Tennessee. She's from Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Okay. We 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 packed like toothbrush and deodorant and took off down the highway on a random road trip and we didn't even know where we were going. Wow. I called the guys at the shop and I said, "Hey, I need you to hold things down for four or five days. I'll be back later." And we jumped in the car and started driving, and we just got on the interstate and drove south all the way to Key West. And we ended up in Key West without any plans or anything. Wow. That's the way we roll. Holy crap, man. That's awesome. And we got we went to Key West, and the next morning I woke up and I saw the waves off the balcony. I saw the ocean, and I said, we're going to move down here in a year. We're going to live here in 12 months. Wow. And And one year later to the month. We had sold the business and packed everything up and moved to South Florida. Which wow. I live in Naples right now, South Florida. And yeah. 12 months later, from that time I manifested, from the time I actually verbalized to her that we were going to move down here, 12 months later we did it. Wow. That's awesome. And she didn't think, and I know she's watching right now, but Missy didn't think that we were going to be able to afford to do it. And we were like, check this out. We were like six weeks away from our deadline, from our goal. Yeah. And she goes, maybe we should push the deadline out further. And I'm like, no. No, now's the time to double down. Wow. We're still going to do this. And and we made the whole thing happen in six weeks. We sold the business, 
packed everything up, found a place to move to, made all that happen the last six weeks of that of that one year deadline. That's awesome, dude. So you so so you ended up. And off- I'll tell you, I will tell you the truth. I did. I was even thinking myself, maybe we should push the deadline out because it seems impossible to do all that in six weeks. Yeah. But we still doubled down and pushed harder and still made it happen. Right. Right. So, so you ended up in Naples. Yep. Okay. And then now somewhere along the line, didn't you, and I, I truly don't, I don't know the exact way this all happened or what exactly happened, but didn't you work for Grant Cardone for a while? Yeah, man. I worked for Grant Cardone, made a lot of good friends there, learned a lot. Uh, personally learned so much from Grant from being there. Um, had a wonderful time, left there on good terms, um, made a lot of what I feel like are lifelong friends. I've got friends that I made there that um, that we still talk all the time, weekly, sometimes daily. Wow. Um, I learned so much from being there, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. I left there and started... Um, yeah, I got into the roofing industry. Okay. And um, didn't know anything about roofing at all. Someone <laughs> got me some, nothing about it. I did not know. I was the <laughs> last guy on the planet to ask, to, to tell you any information about a roof. Okay. Right. Now, if it was a car, it was a different story, but roofs right. were not my thing. Right, right. Wow. So we did, uh, we ended up selling 180 roofs in my first three months in the roofing industry. Um, is that good? And, well, so just to enlighten you on that, the average roofing salesperson, which we probably have a few watching right now, but the average uh, roofing salesperson sells three to five roofs per month. Wow. I sold 180 in my first three months. Holy moly. And I didn't know anything about roofs. I, I did all 180 and knew nothing about roofs. I am proof that you can you don't have to know how to build a roof in order to know how to sell one. Wow. And wow. I told the customer that. I'm like, look, you don't even want me to build your roof. I'm not the guy that's going to be on your roof. I tell <laughs> them that on appointment. You don't want me building it. It's going to be look terrible if I do it. <laughs> right, right. You will have leak you'll <laughs> like, have leakage. <laughs> yeah, and and look, I was transparent with my people. Yeah. I was telling them, look, I'm the rep. I'm the face of the company. I'm the guy that communicates with you and makes sure that everything gets handled through the proper channels. Right. I'm not the guy that's going to be building your roof. And you would be surprised at how people actually appreciate you just being up front with them. Yep. You know? That's and right. I sold 180 in three months. Wow. Whereas the average roofing salesperson would have sold 15 in those three same three months. Wow, dude. That, that's that's why I teach incredible. now. I travel the United States. I travel the United States and I teach other roofing companies how to do exactly what I did. Because what I did was is something that I can teach anybody. It's a it's a learnable process and a system. Right. That's that's my passion now. I travel the United States and I train other roofing companies on how to do ten times the business that they're used to doing. Wow. Yeah, I, so I, that that I, I definitely I I know that you do that and and you got some online training stuff going on and you mm-hmm. got all kinds of stuff happening, man. And and so so you know, I guess when when it comes down to because uh, again, you and I are good friends. We've had some very long in depth conversations. Um, you you were doing some. Uh, 
training with some other people and and i i may have been the one that pushed you into doing your own deal <laughs> gave you that extra you know and you're <laughs> hey dale's a lot taller and bigger than i am so i, I can't i can't honestly say i kicked him in the rear end because he'd have whooped my ass <laughs> but 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 I, I i i definitely i definitely gave you gave you the push and 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 you know i think that i've seen you um, I've seen you over the last, I don't know, probably year and a half or so, just freaking boom, man. You've exploded, yeah. dude. And, and, and you know, it's funny. I appreciate that. What's funny is, is I still don't feel like I'm even close to where I'm going. Like, right. I don't know if entrepreneurs typically, if that's normal for them to feel that way or not, but I don't feel like I've done much yet. And, and, I, and the feedback that you've just given is consistent with the feedback I get from everyone else. They're like, man, you just blew up the past couple of years. But I really don't feel like I've even tapped into what I'm capable of yet. Right, right. Like, yeah, I feel I, like I'm still trying to get traction, like I'm trying to start. I, I, when I look back and I've already been doing it for a few years. I feel you. I'm, I, I'm the same. I've been Hell, I've been doing what I do for the last 16 years, man. <laughs> I, I still don't feel like I've gotten anywhere. You know, so I think that that's that's pretty pretty normal, you know, and and you know, so from from your perspective, because I know you deal with now, you deal primarily with people that are in in roofing sales, um, but from your perspective, if you take roofing sales out of it and you just look at at life as a whole, mm-hmm. what do you think? the um what's the biggest thing in your opinion that holds people back that keeps them from experiencing all of life and success not just success financially but success as far as their level of happiness or their level of feeling some sort of accomplishment or wins what do you think it is so I think it, I really think it boils down and, and I don't know, I hope the viewers can wrap their head around what I'm about to say. I really think it boils down to what we learned as true through our childhood experiences. It, let me, let me ask, I want you guys to ask yourself something, the guys that are watching. Um, just because you learned something as a child, um, and it was true to you then, it doesn't mean that's the actual truth or that's part of your reality now. And I think that a lot of um, people you allow old data or bad data from their past to control their future decisions. So I know that's kind of deep, and I really don't want to confuse anyone, but to me that's the right answer. It's I think things from our past uh, prevent us from, from moving forward through our future. So, so would you call that fear? Definitely fear. You cannot make a good decision in fear. You can't do it. Right. Um, if you're if you're making a decision out of fear, it's it's not a good plan. Um, you, you can use fear for motivation, but you don't need to make a decision out of scarcity. That's like the worst possible thing you can do. Right. Right. I agree with you. So, so you think that fear is what's holding people back based on previous life experiences? Right. It looks like you're trying to control a situation I hear going on in yeah. the background. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of noise in here. I apologize. It's all right. It's all good, man. That's life. So, so, um, so 
If if somebody comes to you, <laughs> Dale's giving orders now. <laughs> just say it, dude. Just yell at him. Say, hey, could y'all keep good. it down? I'm on a live TV show right now. It's all good, man. So it's all- so um. So the you know if somebody came to you and they're struggling and they can't pay their bills they can't can't figure it out their their life's falling apart they don't know what way yeah. to turn um, been there electrics getting shut off tomorrow <laughs> can't 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 I, eat, I get it can't get right. no food like, you got to go buy ramen noodles because that's all you can afford hey, yeah can't even you got to go make a, a a pack of goldfish last you three or four days. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what do I've you say there. what do you say to that person that, that, that that's there, that's there right now and yeah. they don't know what to do, they don't know how to get unstuck. What do you say? Well, you gotta start thinking, um, what do I have that I can solve somebody's problem with? And be resourceful. It does not take money to make money. It takes it takes resourcefulness. And Tony Robbins, I learned a lot from him uh over the years, but Tony Robbins talks about being resourceful, uh, the ability to see an opportunity to generate revenue for yourself by uh, solving someone else's problem that may not require any money out of your pocket. You know, there's things that we all are gifted with that I believe that are our strong suit and other people are looking for someone with your gift to solve their problem with. So I want you to start thinking outside the box. And right now, day one, if you're stuck in that rut, day one, is you got to acknowledge, look, you can't keep doing what you've been doing because that's what got you to this point. So day one, you got to start over. Day one is today. It's a new day. I'm not going to do the same routine. I'm, I'm going to create new habits. Uh, you know, if that means delivering pizzas for a few weeks to get some cash, uh, you know, there's companies that are hiring everywhere. Go down the street. You can find a job to, to make some quick yeah. money. Yeah, but I think the first key is acknowledge that today's a new day and start creating new habits because your new habits. That's what's going to help you change your whole life. The habits are what helps you evolve. I agree with you, man. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're never it's not going to change. Right. Right. I agree with you. And you do it because, you know, you need to do it, not because you even want to do it. Just do things you don't even want to do. So, so, so get get creative and 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 be resourceful. Yep, absolutely. There's opportunities everywhere. I think the biggest op- I think the biggest problem in our country in the United States is is deciding how you're going, which opportunity you're going to succeed with. I really think that's the hardest thing in in the United States. Yeah, there's so much opportunity out there. It's buckling down and just picking one opportunity. Because people, they, they do something, they'll try it for a week or two and quit and go try something else. Yeah. Just pick one opportunity and kill it. I didn't know anything about roofing. Nothing. And I could have easily said, look, man, I don't know anything about roofing. There's no way I can do this. Right. And, and most people probably would think that. Yep. Instead, I'm like, dude, this is an opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capitalize on it. And my strength was I knew how to get a signed contract. Yeah. See, you don't have to know how to do a roof if you know how to get a signed contract. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So you can sell anything in any industry as long as you believe in it. Guys, my best advice to you, if you want to change your life financially, 
you need to get into sales. Whatever it is you're passionate about, I don't care if, what it is, as long as it's ethical and you're helping people, you need to get into sales. That's where it's at. So many people don't believe that they're in sales or that they, right. you know, I, I've had everything. I, I, my, my own wife has said to me, like, I'm not a salesperson. I don't know. how. I'm like, you, are you kidding me? You sold me like right. everything you do. You're selling like if you're married, you're a salesperson. That's right. Like you can't like you have kids. You're definitely a salesperson. Exactly. Because you, exactly. you know the art of negotiating becomes real with kids. Yep. So so you know so I mean what's so what's what's right now? I know you're you're traveling the country. You're you're going into roofing companies and you're training their sales staff. You've got the online training platform. You've got all this stuff going on. What's what's coming up for you, man? What's next? So the next step is now we're starting to we're actually moving our office and I'm relocating my staff to St. Petersburg. We're, we actually secured a place. It's so awesome. I wow. love it. Um, downtown St. Petersburg on the water on Tampa Bay. We're I actually on the water. St. Pete. Here's the scenario. We're on the water, Tampa Bay, in downtown St. Petersburg. Wow. So you got all that downtown action. You can look. We're 17 floors up. You can look straight down 17 floors off your balcony. They race Indy cars there. You can look down below your balcony and watch the Indy cars racing through wow. the streets every year. That's awesome, um, dude. It's amazing. So we're doing that. We're relocating our office. Master Closure Society is the name of my company. Uh, we're relocating there in about four weeks. Uh, it's wow. about four to six weeks now. And um, that's where our main headquarters is going to be established forever. That's our forever home for Master Closer Society. Wow. But I do envision, to answer your question, I envision opening up satellite offices and helping uh, our clients across the country uh, in their particular city. We're coming to Chicago for sure. Chicago has been an excellent city for me. Um, we're going to open up an office there for sure and definitely one in Dallas. Um wow. So we got a lot in the works, man. There's a lot of people. We're in a hurry to help people, and um, that's our, our solution, or what we do is provide solutions for the roofing sales uh, teams and salespeople. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That's, that's totally and, and awesome. You know what makes it all worth it? Here's why I'm doing all this. It's, it's my thing. Like When I teach a, a roofing salesperson what I know, yeah, and you can see it on their face. Yeah. When you see it and they're like, dude, that makes sense. Like, i got to go out and do this right now. Like, that reaction is why I'm doing all this. It's that reaction. Wow. And, and I know that I'm changing people's lives every day with the information that I'm tapped into. And we're just applying it to roofing sales. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That's and I'll totally help anybody, awesome. anybody that knows me. I mean, you you can vouch for this. Anybody that needs help, man, just message me. I like helping people. I don't care what you're selling. Just message me. I'll help you. Yep. That's true, man. That's true. I, I know you well. And and that's that's the thing. And and so how how do people follow you? Well, Facebook, uh, 95% of my business is Facebook and word of mouth. Okay. Um, my staff is getting me they're they're pushing me out there more into LinkedIn world and 
and Snapchat and Instagram and that sort of thing. But right now, my big foundation is, has always been Facebook. Right. Um, is Periscope still around? Yes, it is. Matter of fact, I haven't, since, since I haven't used Periscope in a while, but I used to have a really big following on Periscope. Yeah. But I haven't. I quit using it just because I put so much attention on here. I didn't even know they were still existed or not. I know yeah. after Facebook Live, I just saw up. I just saw something pop up on my phone right now during this. Since you and I've been talking, of Jeffrey Gittimer going live on Periscope just now. Okay. So yeah, it's it's still there. I don't. I I haven't been on Periscope in a minute, but um, I think there's still a lot of people that are using it. I just I, I I'm same with you, man. I, I put all my attention on Facebook and Instagram, and and uh, you know as a result, you you lose attention over there on that yeah. other thing, man. So that's kind of the way it goes. But what I think um, if, if you're willing to um, stick your neck out and just find find solutions for people, yeah. identify a problem that people are having and just go solve that problem. Right. I mean, don't overthink it. T- people tend to they look for the reason not to do something. Yeah, but I, I want to recommend that you want to start looking for the reason to do that opportunity. Because ask yourself this: What if it all goes right? What if everything actually goes the way I want it to? Then what? Right, right. So what? What parting words? Because we're 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 coming up on 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 the close to the end here. I mean, you know, you've you. Um, I, I love hearing people talk about the big challenges they've had in life. And uh, you're hiding them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I, I like to hear, you know, because I think, again, you know, people have a tendency of thinking if they share the pain that they've been through, um, that it's going to make them look weak or whatever. And, and I, I found it to be the exact opposite. When you yeah. share the pain you've been through, you cut it in half and and you right. also help other people that are going through similar things. You help them, yeah. like, be free. You help that, that your story helps other people. So, you know, what, what, would, you, what would you say um, as, as kind of uh, uh, some parting words of wisdom and, and parting words of, of, of motivation what would you say to people that are going through the crap man and okay and, so and, and how do you how do you um how do you think you can help them get through it this that's an easy question i'm glad we're in it with that question that's a good question <laughs> so so here's what i do and this is where it's worked for me again everything that i teach is practical stuff that i do myself um this is what's worked for me and i know it would work for anybody who tries it I recommend that you start with what your future, what you want your future to look like. So start with your ideal scene, and I think um, even maybe perhaps drawing a picture of a perfect scenario for you five years from now. Yeah, draw that out, and and focus on your ideal scene, and then start doing this. Every time you're faced with a decision to make, ask yourself, does my decision get me closer to my ideal scene because there's plenty of opportunities there's plenty of choices that we make every day but some of them are not aligned with what our ideal scene is and so that's an easy way to help you make decisions is simply to ask yourself okay i see this opportunity if i make my decision based on is this opportunity going to get me closer to my ideal scene you will wake up one day and see that you are living your ideal scene 
Wow. It will happen. Now, do you, do, you, do, you write, do you write that all out, or you just think about it? Uh, both. I think it, writing it out, but not only writing it out, but doing it in real time as if you already live it, I think is key. Because you program your subconscious mind to accept that already as your present reality. Right. And again, I'm not trying to get all weird and everything on you, but I'm telling you, because it's real for me. It, it works. I know. And, and to be totally transparent with you... Um, yeah, we all have problems. There's days I don't want to do anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you have to focus. Okay, I think the reason that the night happens, I think the reason that the sun goes down at night is so we as humans can actually start over the next day. It's a new beginning. Yep. Every day is a new beginning, guys. Yeah. Get out of your rut and um, focus on your ideal scene and where you're going. And I promise you, if you stick to that, you'll wake up and be there. One day you'll wake up and you'll be living that reality. So there is hope. No matter where you're at right now, you can you can accomplish anything that you focus on. Totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. So so write it out. Dream big. Make it make the bigger the bigger. And don't the make stupid decisions that are not aligned with where you want to go. Right. You know you can't say you want it, and then go out and make the decision to party and. Do whatever yep. and expect to get there. It's it. You got to make the decisions, right? Totally that are agree. consistent with that. Yep, I totally agree with you, man. Well, dude, you are, um, you know, in the top ten of my best friends in the world, I believe, and and you know, you are you're you're an amazing you're an amazing dude. I mean, anybody watching this that doesn't know Dale Childress, um, Jr. I, I like to call him Dale Jr. <laughs> that's there's, me. There's some other dude that's trying to rip you off out there, man. That's all right. That There'll be plenty more to come. <laughs> I'm good with it. Yeah. So, so um, that that NASCAR dude, what's uh, Dale, Dale Jr. <laughs> or something? But uh, dude, you know, for anybody watching that doesn't know Dale, Dale would literally give you the shirt off his back. He's such a good guy. He's got an amazing and beautiful smoking hot wife, Misty. <laughs> you guys, y'all like you and Misty. You're just so I, I love I love both of you. You guys are. Well, she's my best friend. She's awesome. I know. She's my support for sure. You guys are you guys are awesome, man. And so, um, if you don't know Dale, make sure you send him a friend request or follow him. I don't know if you're maxed out on friends or not, but. But make sure you're following Dale, and and you know he, he he's a good dude, man. If you need help with sales in any way, um, Dale's your man. And I'm just gonna throw this out there because people need to know this, man. Dale has put together a course that that he is selling access to. I don't even know how much it is, but it's I'm sure it's priced right, but. He said, "If you um, if you want to get a drone, a federal drone license, Dale has a course put together that literally is he's teaching the entire process to become a an FAA registered drone pilot, so you can yes. get registered and be licensed." Yep, you have realtors, people that are in photography. Uh, in the roofing industry, yeah. insurance inspectors, adjusters. I've got the deal. I've got the deal to get you licensed by the FAA. I know. I know. I was telling my next door neighbor about it because um, his his son's needing to, needing to get licensed. He's a minister of a church here, and and uh, 
his son. I said, I, I said, it's funny you just brought that up. I, I've got a buddy that's got a course on that. So, yep. so when by the time you finish my course, and there's also a prep exam, could that consist of actual FAA test questions? Yeah. The prep exam will actually you can take it as many times as you want. And then you go take your uh, your actual exam and you knock it out of the park. Dude, that's that's so awesome that you put that together. That's something. That's well, again, I knew that that was a need. It's needed it's, big I, time. I, didn't, I haven't always wanted to be a, uh, a drone pilot instructor. Right. Like, that's not one of my aspirations. Right, But, right. again, I saw that there was a need for that. Yeah. Right? So. Dude, that's uh, awesome, man. That and, and, took it, and, you know, took that opportunity to teach people that. That is so awesome. Well, listen, bro, I appreciate you. Um, we, we had to work through some technical issues this morning, and, and that's just who you are, man. You're just like, come on, man, let's figure it out. Let's just roll. Let's do it. You know, and, and so we got through that. But I appreciate you taking the time to, no to out of your busy schedule to be on the show today. Um, you're filled with lots of wisdom. If, if any uh, anybody needs help with sales or or anything, hit Dale up. He definitely is. is and we is, still go out to do uh, to help other sales teams too. It's not I just know. roofing sales training, right? It's any sales training, right? Right. So so, dude, like, if you need help, I don't care what your company is. Dale can help you. So make sure that you um, make sure that you're, you're you're following him. Send him a message. Send him a, an instant message, or is there a phone number people can reach you on, or? They, I'm always on Facebook. I okay. mean, twenty four seven. So yeah. they can message me anytime on there. Okay. Uh, yep. We can keep it private or what, however they want to do it. Just yep. reach out to me, and I'll help you. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, hey, thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. You have a great day. Hey, I appreciate it. And you guys, thank, thank you, thank you all for watching the show and following the Breakthrough Walls page and program. I appreciate y'all, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Peace out. Have a great day.